You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. This episode of the Live Different Podcast is sponsored by Under 30 Experiences, our travel community for young people. If you're sick of sitting in front of your desk and waiting for your friends to do something awesome, come and travel with us instead. We go to all sorts of amazing places, including Costa Rica, Belize, Iceland, Ireland, Machu Picchu, Rio de Janeiro, uh, Bali, probably other places that I can't even remember that we go to right now. Uh, Come and check it out. And if you mention the Live Different podcast and promo code M-A-T-T, Matt, I am one of the co-founders, and that will earn you $100 off your next booking if you book by June 1st, 2015. So come and check us out, under30experiences.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Matt Wilson coming at you from the Under 30 podcast. And today we have Brandon Epstein, um, a guy who, to be honest, I don't know as well as I wish that I knew him. We decided that we have mutual interests. I've been on his podcast, the Entrepreneur Fitness Podcast, and uh, just a guy whose whose interests align with mine. and you know I, I love two things and and that's entrepreneurship and fitness so I really just want to have a nice candid conversation with him um, talk you know probably ask him about fitness and diet and uh, this mindfulness thing that is going on he was a former uh, f- uh, former college football player which would be cool to ask him about um, but most exciting December 5th through 9th and I hope I got those dates with uh, Brandon and I are going to be running a, uh, a trip down to Costa Rica, so we're going to be getting together. You guys will hear more about that, but of course, this episode is going to be sponsored by Under 30 Experiences, and uh, Brandon, tell me what's going on. You have, um, I'm pumped, man. This is, this is cool. So you just got to Medi- Medellin? Yeah, dude. Real quick, it's December 9th through the 13th, if uh-huh. I remember 9th <laughs> through the 13th. Good thing... Um, yeah. So, all right, night through the thirteenth. Come that week. It's a better dates anyway. Yeah, you didn't want to go to fifth through ninth. No, I hear it's not. awful. That's terrible. Here. It's terrible in Costa Rica that that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, I just got back from Costa Rica. Um, you know, was with some other entrepreneurs, and it was a lot of fun. We kind of did this little trade where I have some buddies who are just killing the marketing space, and of course, um, doing. I'm doing pretty well in the fitness space and it's really my expertise just like helping entrepreneurs, high level uh, performers, people who really care about like feeling and performing their best every day, um, master that area of their life. So it was cool, man. We just spent like two weeks, almost kind of like a retreat where like they kind of went inside my business and helped me level up in the marketing side. And I helped them level up in nutrition and exercise and yoga and meditation and really just making sure that they feel and are able to like have as much energy as possible and perform their best. So we did that. And of course we surfed every single day. We mountain biked and kind of worked during the day. And uh, yeah, dude, I, I've, I've never been to Columbia before, but my buddy said it was a cool place to, to check out. I've only heard good things. So I came here a couple of days ago without ever been being to the country. And now I'm in my new apartment and this second of my life, 
just became free, man. Dude, that's crazy. So you signed a you signed a six month lease. You you told me uh, just sight unseen. You just said, "All right, Medellin, let's go. I want to go to Colombia." Like, what the hell did your parents say? <laughs> yeah, man, it just uh, checked so many boxes in my life, like that I want that I've wanted to check for so long, like becoming you know fluent in Spanish and living in another country and constantly you know putting myself outside of my comfort zone and uh, really being able to laser focus on some things that are really important to me right now. And so, uh, you know, my parents, I've always kind of danced the <laughs> beat of my own drummer. So my parents were pretty on board with it. They're like, well, uh, we can't say no, so just go go do what you're going to do. <laughs> so I got to try to get them down here to visit and hopefully show them that uh, Pablo Escobar is no longer controlling the city. Wow, dude, that's crazy. Where where are you originally from? Because I'm just thinking it's going to be a stretch to get my. I so I've been in in Costa Rica for the last three winters, and uh, I'm yet to be visited. Actually, I'm yet to be visited by anybody, <laughs> which um, that's kind of sad. Luckily, I have lots <laughs> of really nice people who travel with us all the time. So, in fact, I've had uh, hundreds of travelers or uh, hundreds of visitors over the last three years, but. Um, I think Costa Rica is a stretch for my parents, and I don't know what the hell they would say about Colombia. And and I've been to Colombia, and I, I um, you know, one of my missions is just to dis dispel all of the the nonsense that you hear about travel, right? And um, it was it felt really really safe to me just walking down the street in in Medellin. Of course, you've got to be careful where wherever you go, um, you know, especially in our own country in the United States, but. Um, yeah, are, where are you from? Like, are your parents open to traveling to Latin America or to somewhere where they, people still think Pablo Escobar is running around? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they they would be. I think um, it's not like the first thing they do, but I think they're open to it. Um, so I grew up in Queens, New York, and then Long Island, and then I moved to Eugene, Oregon when I was 12 years old was there until I was 18, went to college down in Los Angeles, uh, moved back to Oregon for a few months, and then I was down in Austin, Texas for like the last like year and three quarters or so before I came here. And so that's kind of, you know, the roadmap of my life right there. Uh, Austin was definitely one of my favorite places I've ever lived, but, uh, you know, Columbia might give it a run for its money. We'll see. Uh, I, I hope so. I felt, um, it's funny, the first place, and I, damn it, I can't remember the neighborhood that I was in. I should just Google it while we're, while we're talking. Um, I can't remember the neighborhood that I stayed in. Oh, I stayed in um, Hotel Don Carlton. It was a five-star place, and I got it for 50-something dollars a night. And, um, well, I'm glad I did because I ended up getting really sick. Um, I know I mentioned this to you before, but it was it was actually a miserable experience. I had had been coming from Peru, and um, we went to visit some indigenous people, like way up in the Andes. And I'm pretty sure that we got uh, <laughs> we we ate some of their food, and um, yeah, I think their stomachs are a little different than our our gringo stomachs. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, that I'm glad that I was in that five-star place because it would have been miserable in a dorm hostel if if that's uh, if that's where I had chosen to to stay. But um, 
yeah, the, the nurse, even the doctor, they sent a doctor to the room. Um, the hotel paid for it or it was free or I don't even really know I was so sick. I didn't really care. I was like, I'll pay you whatever you need to pay me. Just, I need to pay you. Just make me feel better. And um, anyway, yeah, it's like, uh, how much does this cost? You know, I figured it had been a few hundred dollars and uh, it was it was nothing. It was zero, zero dollars. And then the pharmacy delivered me all my drugs and I stayed in my five-star hotel room. So um, at least I had a nice place to... No, I can't even say that. It was it was horrifying the the sickness. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anybody who kinda... anybody who has had food poisoning uh, knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, man, uh, I'm, I can imagine that kind of just like just you know just whenever you think about Columbia, you're like oh that one time where like I feel like I was gonna die. Uh, yeah, it really sucked. It really sucked. Um, what have you, what have you done so far in Columbia? I mean, you just got there a couple of days ago, huh? Yeah, I got here midnight on Saturday. So that was like, you know, technically Sunday. Let's see here. What have I done? Nothing too exciting. I went to, uh, this like kettlebell class with this, this dude, this Colombian dude who lives here in town and it's just super into like fitness and my buddies. Um, you know, I have some some friends down here, and there's like a decent expat community, and uh, I guess they've been going to this guy and working out with them. So, done that and kind of started exploring my neighborhood, just walking around a bunch. And today was honestly like podcast day, man. I've had like five podcasts, uh, Damn. so done done a lot of that. Um, but yeah, and then just hanging out with like my buddies and their girlfriends. It seems like. When you move to Columbia, it's like you just get a Colombian girlfriend. It's just like it's a thing. You know, uh, everyone does it. Sign me up. <laughs> I'll see you in <laughs> uh, in two weeks. I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm I'm down with that. Um, huh? That's that does. Yeah. So wait. So your buddies are your buddies are North American. Yeah, they're all gringos from the U.S. Okay. <laughs> And, and uh, so yeah. So so you living? Are you living with them or what's? Uh, you yeah. signed a lease so, with them? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I mean, I was living in Austin um, at a pretty nice place, and like coming down here, we have this like three bedroom, just like absurdly inexpensive, and uh, yeah, that's like, one of the cool things about climbing right now. Uh, the U.S. dollar is just killing it here. I so. It's killing it everywhere, man. It's, yeah, it's really as the owner of a travel company, um, I'm I'm counting my my USD right now. Knock on knock on wood, but it's uh, yeah, we're in we're in a good good position right now. We're we're very fortunate. Yeah, dude. I have like three things I'm super pumped on so far here. The first thing being uh, we're gonna get fresh vegetables, including like fresh fruits and vegetables, delivered to our house. Um, every week, just like an abundance of fruits and vegetables, and it's going to cost us ten dollars a piece. So that's like really sick, <laughs> so Damn. cheap. And then, uh, and then you guys all know like the the cold press like juice, like getting those like green juices or vegetable juices. I mean, in the U.S., like uh, a twelve ounce one could cost you like ten bucks, and they deliver them to your house every few days, and they're like two or three bucks for like sixteen ounce uh, bottles. It's crazy, dude. And so just being like a guy who's into health, this is these these are the things that make me really happy. <laughs> that's that's yeah. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Um what what surprised me when I got to Medellin was just 
how that uh, that fresca that that how how cool it was and mountainous and green and honestly I don't know like is San Jose uh, Costa Rica has the same kind of feeling where it's just down in that valley and the Central Valley of Costa Rica has just that you know 79 degrees and just cool and a nice breeze all the time and uh, you know it's beautiful with the mountains all around you and the volcanoes that's I was very surprised um, about Medellin, and it's it just feels like a healthy place, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure, and it's super active. So there's all these like parks, like right leading up the you know the hill because we're in a valley, and like the city's built into the hill. And so um, I'm I do these workouts called Zen Fitness workouts, and I'm doing them at this park right nearby. And there's like it's crazy. I, I set it up like a couple weeks ago, and there's like 80 some people in the group already. And uh, I'm just doing it in a park, and we, like, walk by these parks today, and there's just, like, fit people doing, like, exercise everywhere. Like, there's these, like, 50 old people doing, like, uh, they're, like, you know, little little workouts with the music. And then there's, like, other, like, people just running their friends through, like, circuits. And, like, you just go up this hill, and it's just, like, it's just, like fitness everywhere and people walking. And it seems like a, a pretty healthy city, honestly. And and mountain biking is big there. I noticed, um, and yeah, just with the just with the hills. Um, I mean, it's like the city. It seemed to me, and again, I didn't I didn't get out very much. Uh, I was pretty much three four days in the hotel room, um, but in the center of the city, it was you know it was the city uh, of course. But then you said uh, you live in Poblado. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty Correct. sure that's where I stayed. I mean, that's like the big. There's a lot of uh, a lot of high-rise, real nice, brand new condominiums all in there. Um, there's a good nightlife scene, et cetera. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and then behind that, it's kind of on the outs, not in the outskirts of the city, but right then, it's like you can just go up into the mountains. It seems like, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what. Um, exactly what. Yeah, where I, where I was. Tell me, wait. So eighty people signed up, or is this because you live in the expat neighborhood, or are these Colombians? Or tell me about that. Uh, I don't. I guess I'll find out. I'm doing the first workout on Saturday, and yeah, I, I guess people are hungry here for something new. So with these workouts, like you know, I'm just like a normal dude who knows like everyone just wants to feel. Good. So in these workouts, I just advertised it. I was like, this is a place where we can go get comfortable being uncomfortable. We'll get to know each other. We'll create this family atmosphere. We'll do some yoga. We'll run you through some like fat burning exercises. We'll do a little meditation. We'll get you ready to crush your week. And yeah, people are responding well to it. I was doing these in Austin, Austin, Texas as well with a bunch of people and they're going awesome. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe people would be into this here. And yeah, the uh, response has been awesome. So damn, that's, um, that's really cool, and I know culturally, um, I, I might be stereotyping a little bit, but um, you know when you just show up to a pl place and you're like, uh, everyone is good looking and everybody is in shape and people care about that stuff. I know for sure. I know for sure that Colombians um, are very into what they look like. Like I know plastic surgery is huge there, and. Um, you know, you know, sometimes you just get to a city like, like Austin, um, although I, have, I haven't been to Austin, and Jared, my co-founder, just, just moved there, and so eventually I'll go visit him. I, 
I think. But you just get to a city and you're like, oh, okay, people care what they look like here. The people want to be in shape. It's I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know if Medellin is is that same kind of city. You know. Yeah, it, it definitely seems that way. And you know, speaking from my experience of being here for um, you know about 46 hours so far, I'm gonna say that yes. <laughs> yeah, they seem sure. like they're they're really into that. I mean, I, obviously, I hear from like friends who live who have lived here a while and their experience and and like going to the the gym and things of that sort and just how uh, social dynamics work here. Like it's you know it's a pretty important thing. Um, it's prioritized. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And Latin, you know, Latin cultures are are definitely um, yeah are definitely into that. You go to Europe, right? and nobody lifts weights or even even just take this one us go to san francisco and everyone's like eating nuts and twigs off the ground right and nobody nobody's mm -hmm. uh nobody's lifting and then go to you know new york or, or boston and people are roided out of their minds or miami right so even east coast west coast um in the united states people have different fitness goals it's kind of interesting it is. It is, man. It seems like, um, you know, more and more. I mean, you see, like, if for those of you who are listening who like listen to other podcasts and stuff, everything is kind of starting to take a turn to just like, how can I exercise to like feel my best every day? And I think it just uh, just happens to be to be that like when you feel your best, you end up oftentimes looking your best too. And so it's it's cool to see that too. I mean, dude, I've like interviewed, I'd say like most of the people who are in like the top 10 health podcasts in the US and they're all like really good dudes and they all kind of preach the same thing, you know, that whole like mind, body, emotional, spiritual, mental, physical aspects to health. And, um, and when you do that, you end up creating that like body that you, you know, have always wanted because you treat your body like that temple that it is. So uh, it's a cool movement that, that I'm, I'm definitely seeing going on on the internet. And I think it's going to make its way into more and more like smaller uh, sub-communities soon. No, I, I totally hear you. And I like, um, you know, just from the stuff I've listened to, to of yours or your stuff you've done on Under 30 CEO and just knowing what kind of product that you put together, like the stuff that we'll be doing in Costa Rica, like you just explained, that stuff with balance, right? It's like what I just talked about, you know, the, the, the East Coast uh, roid rage, right, from the, from the early 2000s, right, and then, you know, or when Jersey Shore hit its, hit its peak, right, and then all everybody in California or, or Oregon or Washington or whatever who were all into yoga way before, uh, way before the East Coast, and they were all about, you know, their... The, the other side of it, right? So I, I really like to find a balance as well. And that's kind of, you're finding a middle of the road where um, for me personally, right now, my fitness goals are not just uh, lift as much weight as possible or not, not just bulk up because A, it's not that healthy for you, right? It's not that lifting it, physically lifting as much weight as possible for, for, for tens of, you know, I've, I've been working out for like, well, forever, but call it, call it in a gym type setting, lifting weights since I was 15. So I, I can't do it forever. Like, you know, you're going to, it starts to be a lot of undue stress on your, on your knees or, or at least lifting that heavy, right? Like 
and I'm talking 300 plus pound deadlifts and squats at that level. And you know, it's going to be a lot of wear and tear on your body eventually. And then I started to get into yoga quite a bit. And then I saw the other side of it. But what I found there is I didn't really relate to a lot of the teachers or um, just within the physical aspect of things, right? And of course, that's the first thing you go there for is, or that's most people's gateway is like, oh, I need to work out or, oh, I need to de-stress or, oh, I need to relax um, or, oh, I want to be more flexible or whatever. And then it, then you get into the more mental aspects, of course. But for me, um, I had a lot of trouble relating to some of the teachers because I'm like, all right, well, this this guy is wearing a tutu, and he is not really a, not really wearing a tutu, but he might as well have been wearing a tutu when he weighs 107 pounds. And or this chick is really hot, and she's a great yoga teacher, but I can't move my body the way she does. Um, and so finding that balance, finding something that I related to on all levels, took me a little bit of of searching, um, and and then kind of once you once you've mastered different levels of, of fitness, then going out on your own, which I think is what you've done, is is really important. Does that does that all make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm really on board with that too. I think it's it's cool, like you know, the accessibility of all these different tribes now. You know, where you can find like people who do yoga. Like one of my buddy has a yoga company to get jacked. You know, and it's like finding that tribe or like finding a tribe like really spiritual yoga or you know just like people who just want it for some stress relief and I think it's important to like find that and um, you know just like anything else you kind of plug in with your tribe you're like all right I like the way people are practicing this I can get on board with this I relate to this and then you kind of you know build your practice through your experience and in relating to them. So what's uh, tell me um can you walk me through a workout? Because, you know, I get it. I, I, I get the, um, uh, yeah, I, I get the reasoning behind it. But what's fit? If I wanted to go do one of your workouts, right? What would, what would I do? What would you have me do? Yeah. So I don't really do any like one on one training right now. I'm really just doing like group fitness classes. So this is what I do with a group. Every okay. time uh, we get together, kind of, we start off the class with like a little meditation, just like you would do in yoga where everyone like sits down and what you're doing is you're just clearing your head a little bit. You're checking in. You're like, all right, what's it like to be in my body right now in this moment? And so you bring yourself kind of back into your body and away from like whatever stresses you may have been experiencing before you got there or whatever future paces you have on your mind or like what you have to do for the rest of the day, just get present, right? And so once we get present, kind of ask yourself, well, like checking in with myself, like, what do I need right now? And we get clear on that. And then we all kind of set an intention within ourselves. But I really like the idea of like, taking that yoga. And one of the things I loved about yoga is like some classes, I mean, some people like this, some people don't, but this is how I structure my class is like the feeling of like family and unity and mm-hmm. like connection with people. And some yoga class I go to, like no one, like, there's no connection between anyone. Other ones, like, you know, like you do like some tree pose and you're like holding on to people next to you or some boat pose and you like support each other. And I love that part. And so I wanted to bring that into my workout. So after people set intentions, um, what we do is like everyone kind of huddles up together and everyone kind of 
shouts out their intention, almost like you're on a sports team and everyone else echoes it and you kind of feel supported. And as it goes around the circle, it builds, builds more momentum, more energy, and everyone's just juiced by the end of it. And then we kind of break out and I usually do, uh, you know, like a little icebreaker exercise, you know, maybe like get everyone like stop, you know, out of that, like, uh, state of mind where you're worrying about being judged. So like, we'll do an exercise and be like, all right, uh, what's the most embarrassing thing that you had that had that happened to you this week? And we'll go around in a circle and share that. And then, you know, kind of loosen people up. So we got in this state of like clarity when you, before you start the class, where like, you know what your intention is, you know why you're there, you feel comfortable with people around you. You also feel this sense of like not sense of non-judgment and you just, uh, you feel good. And so from there we start like a warm up, which is just like, we throw on some like fun music, some kind of upbeat, some like house music or, you know, on occasion, maybe a little Taylor Swift goes on. I don't know. Some people <laughs> put on the playlist, you know, just some kind of fun music. And we, we start bumping it. Sometimes it's like, you know, it, sometimes it's you know, some pretty thug hip hop we play and we do warm up, whether it be like, you know, high knees, uh, leg swings, jumper jacks, whatever. It's different every single workout. So we warm up a little bit. And then we just really do like the most scientifically proven workout for burning fat, which is why a lot of people want to come. You want to feel good when you leave, but you also want to burn fat. Like that's like what most people's goals are when they want to exercise, um, which is why like the weight loss industry is so big. So we take people through like uh, six exercises and we usually do four circuits of it. We're, you know, really high intensity, you know, 30 seconds as hard as you can on exercise, 10 seconds break. Uh, we'll do that for we'll do like half of that take like a couple minute break grab some water and then we'll finish the the second half and so it's exercises like you know literally we have like hundreds of body exercises that we go that we choose from so every class is different but you know everything from push-ups to squat jumps to burpees but it's also we kind of mix in some dancing in between so you know making sure people smile because like the same thing when like you're in yoga class and like you're like gritting your teeth and you're like oh I gotta finish this it's right. awful it's like we're not we're not I'm not a drill sergeant you know so I try to make sure everyone's laughing all the time smiling and when you smile and laugh through these exercises like you're working just as hard but like it's not a painful experience which a lot of people like uh, resonate with like exercise as something that's going to be painful and I want to redo that paradigm and recondition your mind to see it as something that's like fun and happy and something that makes you feel good. So we, we crush through that workout, super high intensity. And then we start to wind things down. I love throwing on like uh, inspirational speeches, little compilations. And oh, I'll like take that. people. Yeah. So I'll take people through like a yoga sequence. Maybe we'll just do some, a few rounds of sun salutation a, and then we'll bring it to the ground and we'll, eventually go through this whole motivational uh, audio and then we'll have people lay down and go into uh, you know Shavasana. Once they get there, we just throw on a little meditation track or some kind of like chill music. And I usually take people through a guided meditation of just talking. Every class is different, you know, I have them go back and reflect upon their intention in the class. And one of the coolest things is like when you exercise, your brain becomes more plastic, you know, neuroplasticity increases, which means you can recondition past thought 
processes and just the way you see the world literally. And so if you went into the class kind of in a bad mood, you can leave that class like really happy and upbeat and energized or whatever you choose for it to be because during that exercise, we're, we're creating that plasticity in the brain. And when you create that plasticity, when I take you through that meditation, I can help you walk through a much more, I guess, enlightened and resourceful state of mind. And so every meditation is always different, but no matter what, like when we end the class, like you feel good, you feel ready to go crush the rest of your week. And we really started it in the beginning for like entrepreneurs and business professionals, because that's just the people who were, when we started, it was like at our apartment building, me and my buddy. And uh, those were the kind of people we had, you know, pretty high level performing people. And that's what everyone needs. They just want to finish the workout and be like, I feel good. Endorphins are rushing through my body. And I feel really clear about how I need to show up in my life and just be a better person and be more fulfilled. And that's in relationships and that's in their business and the way they manage their money in the way they treat their body and the way they uh, think about their mental, emotional processes. So that's a workout. It's, it's about an hour long. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's one of the most like fulfilling things for me to take people through those. Damn, that's, that's really cool. Um, I'm excited about a bunch of things that you had mentioned, but uh, really the neuro the neuroplasticity that's uh, that I, I'm really into. I was writing an article today and um, just talking about how your brain has a has a negativity bias. Um, and I read this book called Buddha's Brain, um, and they talk about how yeah, your brain is forced to or not forced, but your brain. You learn from negative reinforcement, basically, the way that we grow up, the way that we're, we're nurtured, right? Don't do this, don't do that. What society tells us we, we can't do, um, we, we learn that, um, and, but that gets burned into our brains through what you're talking about, neuroplasticity. And then, but the nice thing is that the brain can actually rewire itself and you can create a positive um, you know, you can, you can create your brain, you can rewire your brain to positively create, uh, to see the positive in things. So, right, you can train yourself basically to be an optimist or you can train yourself um, to see opportunities everywhere instead of looking around at everything and seeing the negative side of it. And um, if somebody wanted to, this is kind of an interviewee question, but but what would you, well, let me ask you personally what you do. I mean, I know, so I know you work out, right? And then I know you have these meditations, but if somebody wanted to do that, what kind of advice would you give them to actually um, be able to rewire their brain? Because there's things like affirmations and incantations and, and all that that you can use, but, but what do you do? I'm curious. Yeah, so... I see like all movement as like a yoga and um, movement could be just like going for a walk, going for like a 20 minute walk, right? Or it could be like doing one of the most intense exercises of your life, or it could be like mountain biking, or it could be surfing, or it could be weightlifting or dance or whatever it is. But I love attaching like um, an intention to any type of movement I do and seeing what comes of it. And so entering into it, you know, like, well, I just kind of want to set an intention. Maybe the intention is just to like be completely present and just clear. And maybe something will just be downloaded into your mind. Maybe the intention is to like, you know what, when I 
I want to transform, you know, my mind and my perception of the world through this workout into like feeling more energized afterwards. And it's crazy though. Once you like set that, uh, once you like flip that unconscious switch and say like, Hey, listen, like this is kind of like what I want to get out of this, this movement or whatever it is. Like I notice that like once you do movement and this exercise, like something happens where like your, your guard is kind of let down during that movement and you're able to just get these like this flow of like ideas or answers to things you're dealing with in your life that you wouldn't be able to get if you're just kind of like sitting there at a desk and going, how do I solve this problem? How do I solve this problem? Or how can I feel better? How can I, you know, solve, you know, how could I be like this? Um, when you kind of just like release that during any type of movement, you're much more likely to get some resolution, some a little bit more peace. So that's what I personally do, you know? Uh, I'll, I'll admit it. Like I, I use uh, movement exercise like uh, like a drug sometimes. Um, if I'm like trying to make my way through something mentally, emotionally that I'm dealing with, like I'll go do a workout, and I always come out on the other side with more clarity and just uh, a more positive perception of it. And I think the biggest thing what it does, it like takes me from this like this place of like being a victim to like at least believing there's a possibility that things could be better. And then once I get there, I can start to transition into this like state of mind of like welcoming in answers. Um, and then if I'm really, you know, just crushing it that day, then I'll kind of be able to just let go and surrender and enter this place of like oneness where, you know, infinite good things can happen to me. And I kind of think those are like the stages you go through when you're, when you're not feeling great. Uh, mentally or like emotionally you're in that victim stage and so I use exercise to try to get me to level up to at least that stage of like believing that it's there's a possibility that things that this could be a resolution or I could feel better and so I definitely use like exercise in that very strategic way a lot of times. No I, I really like that and um, what what most people don't realize is that you know, yoga, right? What what you had mentioned, um, or just movement. You said you use, uh, you you said that you use uh, physical exercise like yoga. But what yoga is is the shit that you're supposed to do before you meditate, right? It's supposed to be the mm -hmm. stuff to calm your body down, to physically let go of the of the stress and the tension in your body so that you can sit still so that you can mm -hmm. um, have a clear mind so that you can go into a flow state like you said and people don't people don't realize that um, and it's just like the process of flushing all that out and then you release all those endorphins and all those positive chemicals. You get rid of, um, you know, you get rid of all the bad ones that are, are excreted into your body all day from from your stress and your cortisol and and all of that. And um, you know what people are seeking in drugs is that uh, is that kind of on a on a neurochemical, you know, on a, on a neurological level, it's that it's balancing those chemicals in your brain or it's excreting a certain chemical or feeling of certain rush um, and that's what people are looking for in antidepressant antidepressants and you know it's sad because our society has all the you know our our capitalist society and um with all these marketing dollars to advertise oh are you you know are you feeling low this is what you should do well you know I, 
I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a um, psychiatrist here, but a lot of people who are on antidepressants, well, you know, you could have just taken a walk around the block. I'm, I'm oversimplifying, of course, but the same chemicals are going to be excreted, or the same. You're going to get that same getting your synapses firing like you did in exercise, and that's going to make you feel a certain way. And that's what people look for in drugs. And whether it's antidepressants, um, clearly I'm, I'm pretty antidepressants. Uh, but whether it's those kind of chemicals or whether it's alcohol or whatever other drug that you're putting into your body, yeah, you can, you can get those chemicals other places. You can, you can change your mind state. You can feel better doing these type of things. Um, so... You know, I'm, uh, it sounds cor- it sounds corny when people say, "Oh, I'm high on life," but that's it's literally what people are seeking with this kind of stuff. I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's seeing like exercise for what it really is. It's like an incredible tool, and like you know, I love learning about all these things and med- types of med- different types of meditation and like you know things like circling and like all these things and um, and yoga. But I see them all as like you know, they're like just tools in my life that allow me to like just feel good, which is the ultimate goal. It's like live a fulfilling life. And uh, I think the the biggest thing that I always try to do with people is re-engineer that programming that exercise is supposed to be painful. And it's something that just adds to the stress to, you know, helping people perceive it as something that's part of the answer, part of the solution. And uh, that just takes some reconditioning. I think once you the beautiful thing is like, I mean, my goal, my main goal behind like doing my Zen fitness classes was like raise a collective consciousness of mankind. And that's what I was trying to do. And I think that happens when people are able to enter this headspace where they start to see this natural uh, intervention of exercise as a solution to a lot of issues they've been dealing with. And they start seeing it as something that's going to make their life better versus something that they have to do or they should add as like uh, a to-do that like you know they have to go get in but instead see it as like wow i get to go do this this is this is like uh nourishing for me yeah i i could not agree more and again you're you're doing this is important work what you're saying about raising the collective consciousness of um of mankind or, or whatever exactly you said. And, and for people who don't know what the collective consciousness is, um, I think it was Carl, Carl Jung who basically realized that all, that all of people have a certain, um, have a certain way that they can, I guess I'm not explaining it perfectly, but um, that our minds are all connected basically. And if, you know, you walk into a room, you can sense that, you can sense that energy and um, you can tell what people are thinking. And if someone's in a bad mood, well, that is lowering the collective consciousness of the room. But if someone just came from a yoga class and they're, you know, feeling super high and they walk into a room, they have the ability to change the whole consciousness of, of the people in that room and what you're doing is is really cool because you know you said before oh i feel less of a victim well it goes back to what we just said about the negativity bias you know there's you can i don't care who you are right like this is a a kind of graphic example but say you get beat by your boyfriend right well you can say he hit me right 
Well, you can say, oh, he hit me, right? Or he abuses me, or I'm a victim. Or you can say, oh, well, I let him hit me, or I, um, and I know this is a touchy subject, but it depends how you see it. You can feel like a victim, or you can say, I have the power to leave this relationship. I'm, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to seek something better. And all the language that you use, um, and I'm talking about you specifically, Brandon, is, is really cool because you're not, you, you said, you're talking about negative reinforcement in your workouts, right? I'm sure that you can bring us back to, to football camp in fifth grade when, I don't know, you, you watched the chubby kid get screamed at and he went home crying and probably never played again and it affected his self-confidence for the rest of his life where there's positive reinforcement um, that, you know, that you're talking about where you're part of a community of people who have a, a higher collective consciousness and then you feel like, oh, we're all in this together and you're actually training your brains, you're rewiring your brains with, through neuroplasticity to be able to, um, you know, to be able to, to see the positive in everything and, and develop the tools to be able to do that. So I, I really love it. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm super passionate about it. And I'm, I'm really passionate about like bringing it to as many people as possible. And like, you know, like you're talking about in a way that like you can relate to, like you said, you had to find like a yoga you could relate to. Um, because I consider myself to be a spiritual guy. But I'm also like, you know, I was a college football player. I was, you know, jock for like a lot of my life, like professional fitness model. Like, you know, I'm also like an entrepreneur, but I, I really think that all this work in like spirituality and like consciousness is really important. But I also think it's just like, just like a pillar to like living a good life. And it doesn't have to be something that gets modeled as something that um, is not desirable. Because you, know, you see time and time again, that a lot of people who like talk about, you know, the conversations we're having, who maybe are blissed out on the inside, but like, maybe someone who doesn't really have uh, a lot of who doesn't get exposed to this a lot sees this person and maybe like they look like they're wearing like some shitty clothes that you know they look kind of like disheveled and like oh this person like they can't be happy like as far as i know about what happy is like this person looks like they're out of their minds and they're just not taking care of themselves and so i think it's it's like necessary to meet people halfway and to be able to have conversations from places of like hey like i'm like you we can relate to each other i you like i'm sure you wouldn't hate having my life, but I'm still going to talk to you about all these things that, you know, the hippies are talking about because, you know, they know what they're talking about. They just are too blissed out or don't know how to uh, relate it to you in a way that you would care about it. So I went on a little tangent there, but I hope that that was valuable. No, I went on like six tangents. This is, uh, these are all valuable, uh, all valuable tangents. And um, that's, no, I, I completely agree. I, putting it in its relatable form, right? Like you mentioned spirituality, but it's not the same one that you're talking probably. Maybe it is. I don't, I don't know what your beliefs are, but may, it's probably not the same one that you might go and find in a church, or maybe it's a variation of that, or maybe you, you seem like you've thought about this stuff for yourself instead of just ingesting um, what they're telling the masses. Is that, uh, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, absolutely, man. I think spirituality be, should be something that you come up with on your own. I mean, uh, 
you know, 100% support anyone who has like a specific denomination that they relate to. But for me, it was like an exploration of like, well, what makes sense? You know, what can I get on board with? What what doesn't have any cultural biases that don't align with my own beliefs? And and to do that in the right way, um, I kind of had to go on my own tangent. And I think the closest thing that resonates with me is like, you know, integral theory and just the idea of just practicing this universal language of love and that just being it because at the core of every religion like love is what we're trying to communicate with and that's the the basis of everything so i think if we in my opinion and my experience in life like getting rid of a lot of cultural stuff and just leaving it to um understanding that like we're all connected we all have these unique gifts that we want to give to one another and we can just do this from a place of love being the language that we relate to one another with instead of like labeling specifically just like this feeling of love like that's something that everyone can get on board with that's like made the most sense to me and i mean i'm 25 so who knows what i'll think 10 years from now but right now that's like yeah it's like duh love that makes sense i'm on board with that that's that's spirituality to me uh yeah you're you're onto something here tell me tell me about more about integral theory and before you do i have to correct myself uh collective consciousness was uh, a French sociologist, uh, Emile Durkheim, um, and I'm going to look up what Carl Jung was because I've uh, I messed that up. But tell me more about integ uh, integral theory. Yeah, so basically, integral theory takes like all the knowledge we have to this point in time on uh, science and religion, and kind of boils it down to like the most like usable uh, form of like whatever what I guess you call like spirituality as you can, and like making sense of the world and so integral theory gets really like deep there's like this this guy ken wilbur and another uh, friend of mine mark gaffney who um are on you know they're actually like made some ba major shifts in the world they work with uh john mackey who's the founder of whole foods and some other really successful business uh men and women on this board to kind of like bring this whole idea out to the masses and it's, it's actually kind of complicated so I'm not going to like break down like how they like sit, uh, segment uh, integral theory. Yeah, and I'm, say I'm that, really like, putting you on the spot here yeah, asking yeah, yeah, you no, about no. integral theory. I, I did my best for collective consciousness and also Carl Jung, collective unconscious, which Boom. I will explain in a minute. So I, I got a little mixed go. up there, but uh, I, I'm not doing too bad. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you, no, no, you can't uh, explain no. it in layman's terms, that'd Absolutely. be great. Absolutely. Yeah. And so basically lamest terms like the easiest way to explain it is like it's combining um all the good parts from science and religion so we can like speak to one another in this language that we can all relate to and that language just turns out to be like the language of unconditional love hmm. and that's like what integral theory like basically boils down to and like part of it is the fact that like there's like these two segments to it right so to like really practice integral theory, you need to have like these two parts down to creating your unique self. I shouldn't say you need to, but I think it's a very integral part of integral theory. And the two parts are the first one being uh, understanding that your true self is connected to everything, person, being, molecule, particle, atom on this planet, and everything more or less is one. And like the end of your skin does not represent the end of your being. Like everything is 
connected one way or another and we see that that's like something we know scientifically right so that's like combining like our scientific knowledge that like that's not a irrefutable uh statement you know like scientifically we know that like everything's atoms so it's like you can't say that the end of your skin is like the end of you because it's all atoms right so that's like the scientific part of it and you know of course like in buddhism they talk quite a bit about this and so they are definitely going down the right path but the thing that they didn't quite get in buddhism i think and that what they talk about in integral theory is combining that like buddhist philosophy of like the connectedness of everything with the fact that you personally your consciousness in this body like this consciousness has never existed before and probably will never exist again and so this unique version of yourselves have has this unique gift that you really have like a responsibility to give and that's where like the unique self emerges and so like this isn't stuff that like i'm coming up with at all right i'm literally like pulling this straight from like one of the books on unique self about integral theory uh, mark gaffney wrote dr mark gaffney and he's pretty much talks about the fact that like it's really crazy it took like 13.7 billion years for you to exist so as much as we're all connected it's still you can take ownership over like your unique self and your ability to give this unique gift you have and you don't have to be like you don't have to just say oh you know life is whatever like i can just go sit in meditation for the rest of my life because if you're going to do that then you might as well just die because as far as i'm concerned like that's what death is is like this ultimate state of like nothingness which is awesome um and of course like people are listening to this might be like this guy's out of his mind but you know i i get on board with like what alan watts talks about as in like you know death is like what it was like before you were born you know it's like something you can't even comprehend it's nothing so my what i'm saying is like if you want to just take that one half of it that buddhist sense like you might as well just like die it's kind of harsh but that's why we bring in this the second half of like the unique self and your gift being like well if it did take 13.7 billion years for your unique existence consciousness to come to you know the fruition and to like for it to exist then well let's have some fun with this let's find out what gift you can give how can you be um of service to society and usually that happens through you just like giving your gift in the best way which is you being your most authentic loving self and acting from that place of universal love and whatever your skills are giving those in the best way you can so that was like a long-winded explanation of kind of what integral theory is to me no it's cool and, and um you know obviously well for people who haven't given this much thought with which i think you and i both uh both certainly have and it's it's cool to uh yeah, just to kind of to jam on this stuff for a couple of minutes, but you know, obviously, um, when when you exhale, right, you're connected to everything else in the universe because as you exhale, you know that is that's uh, your that gets evaporated up into the clouds, and you know as you as your body. Well, when you die, your body rots and decays and goes back into the soil. And then the flowers use that soil and to pop up into daisies and, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So, so clearly we're part of the bigger picture, just like, okay, 80% of our body or whatever it is, is made up of water. Well, okay, go look at the ocean. Guess what kind of water is in us? It's salt water. Okay, is it the same salt water that uh, could you IV yourself with the ocean? No, but um, 
it's it's all the same. So that totally totally like. Um, but when I'm in, so it, it's interesting because like it, it's it's really cool to see the convergence between east and west and how yeah there were all these things that they didn't have science to explain it and then there's all this other stuff that we can't explain yet and where we just have no clue that I think that the eastern people you know the the Buddhists and stuff have medit meditated and flown to outer space. And all, I don't mean literally flown to outer space, but um, have been able to get in touch with the, with a unified field of consciousness or, or something way crazy um, that you can't even explain other dimensions and all of this stuff that Buddhists clearly have a good handle on, but they're explaining it in a completely different way than science. Um, it's interesting to hear you say about Buddhism and, you know, that, experiencing spaciousness is what you would just do when you die which is what you're doing when you're you're meditating right well when you're meditating you're you're it's, it's called practicing and you're supposed to be practicing for what you can bring into real into real life so yeah you can go meditate in the Him himalayas and i i don't know if i would have been as harsh as you were in saying you should just go die right <laughs> uh, but yeah that was know, like me like Going over the top to say no, like, no, no, no. meditation's yeah. awesome and it plays a very integral role in life and fulfilling life and there's a billion things like I meditate every day but I was just trying to like make that like harsh point that like we all have like a purpose you know like we like that's awesome but like let's find out what we can do in addition to that no of course and the people in the Himalayas are you know wait if you're a monk in the Himalayas yeah you're waiting for someone to come visit you and you're a teacher and then they go and spread it and hopefully increase the the collective unconscious etc and there are theories um in eastern eastern uh philosophies that say oh just by someone meditating in that room is actually raising the level of, of collective consciousness, is raising that vibration of love that you're going to. I don't, I mean, I, I get that, you know, that energy. Um, I don't know if the people meditating in the Himalayas, that's what transcendental med meditation believes, is if a bunch of people, they like literally get people in a room to start meditating together and they think that the city that they're in is all... Um, it is gonna their vibrations, their collective kind consciousness is gonna be raised. I don't know, I don't know how you prove that, or I don't know if that's if that's true or not, right? But what you make a much more black and white um, point, which is proven by science, is you got to get off your ass and then go and and do something good in the world, um, and and physically do something to be able to to uh, to raise that collective consciousness or, or we keep going back to that term, but it's, Hey, how do we, uh, serve the people around us or how do we, um, you know, be kind, you know, you have a meditation practice because you're practicing, uh, being clear and being in the flow and being kind. And then you can go out in the world and actually do that. And if you do that, the world would be a better place. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I want to definitely point out is, um, the fact that um, I want to make sure that no one thinks that like meditation or anything like that is like not a worthwhile thing. It's amazing, and that uh, like I guess what what you brought up actually like really 
kind of brought this to the surface of mind that like people, the Himalayan monks who are bringing people to them, like who like find it as like, you know, part of their journey to go explore that with them. I mean, those Himalayan monks are living their dharma, right? They Their unique gift is introducing this to other people. Mm-hmm. So like, it, you could definitely, I guess, I was being a little harsh earlier, but like you could definitely like meditate your whole life and be giving your unique gift. I just wanted to make sure that people understood that like, yes, though that you're connected to everything, connected to everything else, you need to really discover what that is for you. And if it is going to going and meditating every single day and like inspiring millions by doing that, or, or maybe that is just point blank, what your, where your Dharma, what your unique gift is to give. That's awesome. But you need to explore that and find that out for yourself. Um, and so that, that was kind of the point I was trying to make. No, I, I like it. And what, you know, so on under 30 experiences, everybody's always asking, hey, you know, how did you figure out what you wanted to do with your life? Or how did you just go and do it? Or how did you find your calling? Or I get that so often. And it's it's frustrating to me because I don't often know what to tell people or, you know, I, I tell them a handful of different things. Um, but, you know, it's pretty cool to hear you're 25 and you have it. I don't want everybody to think like, oh, you have, oh, this kid Brandon has it all figured out, right? But at maybe at this current moment, maybe talking to me and being present and and discussing this with other people so people can people can listen and um, and improve their lives because of it. You got it figured out in this moment, so so that's pretty good. Now that may change in ten years, like you said, um, but to get to twenty five and to be able to to kind of find that calling early on um, and be able to do work that you really value. People ask me that question all the time. What's, what, what would your answer to that be? Or what do you tell people when they ask you that? How I've kind of gotten to my place of like development right now. Yeah. And I mean, just mainly people are concerned because we have that, those pesky hours between nine to five where, uh, where people are obliged to work, to make money, to find, uh, you know, to find a way to support themselves, but they don't want it to be, you know, god awful like like so many people are stuck doing. How do you? How does one go about, you know, finding that for themselves? Something that that does excite them, or something that is that they could look at and say, oh, yeah, this gets me out of bed every morning, or, or finding their true calling, like like you've. Um, kind of described it as yeah and I really feel like I mean at least for now I have found my true calling but it's been like you know an incredible journey of like doing things that I felt called to do and were always you know almost always very uncomfortable and and outside the realm of like what were acceptable and I'll tell like a quick little story um back when I was in playing college football like I got really into eastern medicine and like energy healing and meditation and I was like, literally like healing players on our team using like different types of energy training and their chakras and meridians. Um, and like my coach thought I was out of my mind. He was like, Epstein, you're fucking crazy. Sorry, I don't know if I could swear on your show. Uh, but he's please, just like, please bring it on. <laughs> what did he really say? <laughs> he was just like, he's like, Epstein, like you're fucking crazy. What are you doing? But like players would come to me every game because like I would be able to like help with their injuries. And so I got in this like, I discovered kind of like I'm a healer and like this, that didn't like, that didn't click for me in that moment. It didn't click for me for like years afterwards, but like over time I keep on getting pulled back to like things that 
understanding that things that make other people's lives better fulfill me. And so it really has like, you know, it happens through like me training people in nutrition or exercise or meditation or any of that stuff. So it just makes me want to keep on learning more because of course it makes me live a happier life. And that's my ultimate goal, like is to be the best version, happiest version of myself. And then I'm just kind of, it's come to me over the last like, you know, year or so that like my purpose here is to be a healer because I have such a strong drive to learn this stuff and then to, and to give it to people who are interested. And um, of course this has been like quite the journey figuring this all out. And I think one of my mentors has this like awesome quote. It's that, um, you know, love tells me I'm everything and wisdom tells me I'm nothing. And between these two banks floats a river of my life. And that really is like my world constantly. But when I do get to, you know, when I get to states like love, I can really give it and I can, I can share with people what I learn. And I think it takes me through this like constant cycle. And so I started in this like cycle of like not knowing shit, right? <laughs> like I didn't know much at all. I wanted to help people, but I didn't know much. And so like this probably started when I was like 16 years old. And I think year after year, I get to learn more and I understand more about myself and become more comfortable in my own skin. And I just accumulate more knowledge. And I'm able to give a bigger gift every year. And and I guess that's just kind of been how I've gone about this. You know, it's like this endless cycle of learning and practicing and giving and yeah, man, I, I hope that's a good answer. That's, that's like the best way I can describe it. Uh, that's a fucking awesome answer. I'm, um, a, I'm really impressed and B I'm, I'm really pumped that we got to, we got to talk. Um, because I don't know, well, I could talk for like another hour or two. I do have to go and make dinner for my grandparents or at least put it on the grill. Um, let's, it, could you, do you want to send me a little bit more? Um, because, I'm definitely interested in kind of the Eastern stuff, um, obviously by, by just people listening to this, but interested in, in the Eastern stuff and the alternative medicines. And um, I don't know whether it was what, whether it was Reiki or, or what you were doing to your buddies on the, on the football team, but I'd be really interested to hear um, because I don't know, people might listen to this and think that we're both crazy or people might think, <laughs> hey, uh, these guys are onto something that not a lot of other people are thinking about. Not a lot of other people are like, we want to get to a whole different level. Um, I actually had a Buddhist friend, uh, this, this little Chinese girl named Sally, and she's like, she was, um, she, she's just really funny. And she's like, yeah, she's like. I want to come back. She's like, I tell my friends, uh, why do I study Buddhism so much? I don't want to come back in, in 3D. That's not good enough. She's like, I want to come back in different dimension. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, that's, you know, and, and what you said about putting, taking knowledge, right, which you can read all the fucking books you want, but until you put it into wisdom and practice and then forget go go and forget it all right you can read all the books and then you got to forget it you got to actually just live it um and just be there in the moment um and and do your thing be in that flow what however you want to describe it um yeah that's what it's all about this is uh this has been an awesome conversation and even cooler we got five days in costa rica in december to be able to do this so Boom, baby. I know we're going to get into some uh some fun stuff there man and kind of uh really 
immersing ourselves in all of this and exploring it, you know, the nutritional aspects, the exercise aspects, the, the mindfulness aspects, like all that stuff. It's just, it's juicy stuff and it's, uh, it's kind of been the tip of the iceberg here, but I'm pumped to explore more, man. This, this was legit. I did not expect this conversation to go, uh, well, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of expectations. I was just like, I know Brandon's cool and he's into the things that I'm into, but I didn't know we were going to hit this level on, uh, in this hour. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm impressed. It's, I'm really excited about this trip now. Or actually, um, I've been dying to get to, to Columbia, so I might have to hit you up and just come down for a couple days. And um, I really, I want to go and see Cartagena also. So if you're up for a little side trip, um, I might, uh, it, there's, there's a lot of cheap flights to Cartagena. So it's a, been a place I've wanted to explore for a while. 100% brother, you know I'm on board. Dude, sounds good. Well, hey, if um, if you don't mind, send me send me a couple things, or just just chat them to me, or whatever, and we can link them up for people who are dying to hear what kind of um, energy healings and and alternative medicines and all that. And uh, I gotta go put dinner on the grill. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to record just like a short little audio, or, or uh, no, no, no? We'll just put it like in some. We'll just put it in some notes. Um, yeah, no, just uh, just email just email it to me and uh, just a couple links if you think anybody else will. I want to know so, and then um, the reason we do these have these conversations is so other people can can listen in. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll link them up for people. Absolutely, man. All right, dude. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy uh, enjoy dinner with the grandparents. Thanks, Brandon. I appreciate it. Take care. All right, man. See you.